This is Local Color, distributed by Your Public Studios, a podcast dedicated to the artists, entrepreneurs, and social innovators using their talents to make Baltimore and the DMV a better place. I'm your host, Jason V, and on the show today... Business owner Fran Gong. Before becoming an entrepreneur, Fran worked in corporate America for over a decade. She suffered from venous insufficiency and extremely dry skin. After discovering shea butter, Fran embarked on a journey that increased her quality of life and she decided to start a business that shares her wealth of good health with the world. Her business is Fran's Organic Body Care. Remember when organic food branding was taking the world by storm? I feel like it was within the last 10 to 15 years that companies slapped it on products and it justified them marking up their wares. I even worked at a uh, upscale grocery store and deli back in college that put the label on some of their deli meats. I feel like they went a little too far though. They sold bags of ice for an extra $2 and said it was sparkling ice. I hated it, but people bought it, so score one for creative marketing. Even with hair care and skin care, stuff gets marketed to us as organic. Then when you read the back of the bottle because you went to the bathroom without your phone, there's a bunch of unpronounceable stuff in it anyway. I'm sure some of it is preservatives and stuff you need in your products if you want to sell them wholesale, but what about the truly fresh organic stuff? Everyone knows someone's aunt or uncle or cousin or sister or brother that makes and sells soaps, bath bombs, and lotions that allegedly have mystical healing powers. I don't need it to realign my chakras, I just need it to stave off my ashiness. Fran Gong of Fran's Organic Body Care won't claim to have soap made with ionized water that'll get you better in tune with the infinite, but her products do use fresh, actually organic ingredients that produce great results for skin, hair, and even your teeth. Fran grew up on this city-county line, and for her, natural ingredients were never far off. You know, herbs were everywhere. It was nothing to go outside and see a peppermint plant. Um, next to a rose bush or to see honeysuckle um, and berries on the trees, just like within your neighborhood. Um, that was an abundance. My neighbors had it. Our backyard had it. Uh, so it, it was um, it was just natural to see things. Um, fruit trees, uh, they were just everywhere. And, you know, even today, when you go back to those same communities, all of that is gone now. So it's... Uh, I think it was more attainable uh, within our own neighborhoods without even having to go to the market. What do you think contributed to that loss of our uh, connection to that or that aspect of our community? Do you feel like it was technology or just do you think that as time has gone on, we've just lost connection with it? I would say it's probably a combination of, of all of those things. Definitely industry and development played a probably the a major role, the biggest part of that. Um, I know in my community where I grew up, there was no subway. We watched the subway be developed. And so um, with when that came in, there was a lot of irrigation, a lot of development. It was a restructuring of our neighborhood. And with that came a lot of um, a lot of loss, a lot of loss. It, it was beautiful to have the subway, but it did change the community and the landscape. When you say subway, are you talking about the train station stop that's right at Milford Mill? The the entire metro, the entire metro. Um, oh wow! You know, we we watched that 
I watched it um, come to fruition before that, you know, if you can imagine there was a lot of uh, ground that was untouched. So it was allowed to grow and just be um, for years. And then when that development came in, a lot of that was wiped away. Ah, okay. I see. See, uh, my sister and I, we grew up in the 90s. So by the time I got old enough to start riding the train and stuff like that, I had just assumed that the the train station was always there. So I appreciate you giving me that, uh, that look back in time. Though if I can embellish a little bit, sometimes I feel like Marilyn just just cannot go a day without finding a plot of land to develop on. And, and if there's just something there or, or nothing there, rather like a vacant lot, some developer is just going to snatch it up and, and put some townhouses or something on top of it. And, and, and sometimes it frustrates me. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I won't say that it's a 50, 50 um, development plays a major part. If you can just imagine, like you said yourself, um, when you were old enough to take the train and definitely being able to take the subway um, helped my commute uh, as I, you know, as I raised my daughter, as I became a professional and started to work, just having the benefit of being to being able to get, you know, downtown and back home without, you know, hours on the bus, you know, it, it, it made a big difference in my, in my day. So it was an advantage um, to having that. And if the loss of it, was a peppermint tree or peppermint uh, plant or a honeysuckle plant, I probably would opt for the subway. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. So let's uh, continue forward. You went to Northwestern High School. After you graduated, what'd you do? Uh, after high school, I went to a business college. I went to a business college where I learned, you know, pretty much basic business to prepare me for uh, the job market. Did you choose the business school because you knew that was going to be something in your future? Does entrepreneurship run in your family? Um, Entrepreneurship does run in my family, um, but I chose the business school because like many kids, particularly of that um, generation, you know, our parents always instilled in us. You go to school, uh, you graduate, um, you, you know, further your education, you get a good job to retire on. Um, that was definitely the mantra at my home, within my home. And so it was always expected that you would seek a higher education after high school. And so I followed suit because that is what my my parents had instilled in me. What was the name of the business school you went to? It was actually Strayer, Strayer Business College. Uh, my dean was our former mayor, Catherine Pugh. It, it was an interesting time. I learned a lot. I excelled. I was on the dean's list, um, you know, semester after semester. And I walked away with what I thought was an education that uh, would just take me, take me wherever I wanted to go. Once you finished business school, did you make the direct leap into entrepreneurship or did you say to yourself, hey, let me work a job for a little bit so I can build up a bit of a nest egg and then make that leap once I'm ready? Uh, there were there was definitely um, a, several years between me graduating from school um, and becoming a, a, a full-time entrepreneur, I would say. I did work in corporate America for, for many years. I think my longest stint was 12 years at Johns Hopkins, uh, first the university and then the hospital. 
uh, but it wasn't until 2005 or 2006 or so, I decided to go full-time entrepreneur, become a full-time entrepreneur. Also based off of your bio, in 2005, that was the year that you learned about Shea Butter. And I wonder, um, who introduced you to Shea Butter and what were you dealing with that once you found Shea Butter and it gave you such relief, you you got the idea to start your business? Yeah, so um, I actually have a condition uh, called Venus Insufficiency. And so in layman terms, it's just poor circulation for the most part. So I'm always cold. Um, my skin is always seriously dry. So I just really um, soak up whatever I apply to my skin. And um, at the time I was dating my uh, soon to be husband um, in 2005, who is a native um, African from Cameroon. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, he and his family owned a business in Towson Town Mall, Towson Town Center. Um, they owed, owned a uh, retail store. And one of the products that they sold was organic shea butter. And um, he saw that I was suffering quite a bit, suggested that I give the shea butter a try. And uh, when I did, I was amazed at how significant the improvement of my skin texture was and how my, you know, my body just started to hold on to moisture. And, um, you know, having suffered for years and years and years, it was just mind blowing that I did not know that the product existed. What was the name of the retail store that your husband's family owned? Uh, it was called Doors to Africa, Doors to Africa. They were on the first level, the lower level, um, definitely a family business. And the store was just packed with art and um, body care and skin care um, and apparel all originated from um, Africa. It was beautiful. We always have friends and family that believe in us that are always pushing us to uh, reach for the stars. Can you remember the moment that you said to yourself, look, Fran, if you don't do this now, you're never going to do it. So go ahead. Just take the jump and do it. Absolutely. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I left when I, well, let me say this. When I left Hopkins after working there for 12, almost 13 years, um, I had a feeling of um, euphoria and freedom. And I knew that I would never work in corporate America again, not in that level. And um, I would never work for anybody. And so I was actually in um, banking in 2008, mortgage banking. And the, when, the, when the market crashed is when I decided to take my hobby and make it into a business. And so my family was saying to me at that time, you know, you've had so much success personally. We've used it and we love it. You know, we've shared it with a couple of friends and I had some other people um, really chime in and support me and, and just recommend me. And um, I think the biggest, probably the biggest support that I had was, again, from my husband at that time that called me and said, you know, you really are on to something. And I think that if you invest in it 100% um, as a business, you will be rewarded. And it was kind of just that little push that I needed 
to go ahead and take the leap in. And here I am today. Let's go ahead and jump into your business now. Can you give us a brief overview of it? What's the name of your business and uh, what products do you sell? Yeah, so my business is Franz Organic Body Care. We are um, manufacturers of organic, organic body care. And uh, our product line ranges from bath bars, moisturizers, and pure oils to deodorant, toothpaste, um, facial creams, um, and body scrubs. We, we run the, the gamut. Uh, we've even expanded our line to include a few home essentials like room sprays and uh, deodorizers and, and diffusers, actually. As you were going through and listing your products, this question popped into my head. At what point did you feel comfortable experimenting with different types of products to see what works and what doesn't? And just going through that entire uh, R&D, that research and development process to see uh, the kind of stuff that you really want to sell because it's not often that you hear of a smaller business that gets into something like toothpaste. I feel like there's a few more re regulations uh, that deal with that one. So can you just take me through that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so it, it, it came all from our customers. We, we started off with pretty much bath soap. I, I mean, at one time I was known as the soap lady. <laughs> because that was our main product line was was soap and it was and you know the soap was fantastic um but as you begin to sell it and you develop a rapport with your customers they confide in you and they and they start to make requests to complete their regimen so we had people saying okay you got soap what else you got what else you got that's all we constantly got what else do you have and my response would be well what are you looking for and so, you know, they had the soap and they said, well, hey, do you have a moisturizer? And I was like, I can make one. And so I made a moisturizer. And, you know, from that, they said, well, hey, I need I need a scrub. You got a scrub? And I said, I can make one. And so we developed a scrub. And so our product line um, definitely grew and it continues to grow mainly from customer requests and demands for products. Has there ever been a time a customer suggested something and you said, okay, yeah, we'll give it a shot, but it just didn't work out or a customer suggested a product that you should try to make and you were just like point blank, nah, I'm not, I'm not really into that. Well, sure. I think, um, you know, you want to encourage um, comments and, and um, suggestions from customers, but you know, sometimes they can go a little crazy, a little overboard. Um, and you got to know what's, you know, you got to stay in your lane and know what you're capable of and what your company can manage. Um, we always entertain, we like to entertain new product, but it also comes at a time because it has a cost with it. Uh, we get requests for um, candles. We get requests for um, bath bombs, all sorts of things. Uh, but we try to, we try to focus on the things that we know that we can do and do well. And we try to stay true to our our passion and our mission for sustainability, as well as the integrity of our ingredients. We have a top selling product right now, which is our free me all natural deodorant. And it is uh, packaged in a metal tin. We get requests for us to package it in a traditional kind of roll up plastic applicator. And our answer is... Um, over and over again, no. 
we will not do that because we are committed to reducing reducing the carbon footprint in the world. And we just don't want to contribute to plastic pollution anymore. And so we stick to our guns and we keep our deodorant in a metal tin. And what we have done to even further our campaign and our mission is to offer our customers a free deodorant for every six empty tents that they give us back. And it works. We'll continue to offer it as, as long as we can, um, but it has been very successful for us and our customers. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I continue my conversation with entrepreneur Fran Gong. I'm Jason V. This is Local Color. Stay with us. Hey, I'm Jason V. This is Local Color, and my guest is Fran Gong of Fran's Organic Body Care. What's the process like sourcing the raw and fresh ingredients that you use in all your products? It takes a little bit of investigating. Um, there's a lot out here. Um, and unfortunately, everybody isn't, um, you know, everybody doesn't have integrity. Um, some people are just looking for a customer and not a relationship. So what we tend to do is uh, rely on two to three suppliers and establish relationships with them. And we try to stick with them because we know their inventory. And when there are times when they're not able to meet the demands, then we always have a second or third uh, option to go to. Uh, we work a lot with local and we do have fair trade um, agreements in place that continue to supply us uh, pretty much as long as we've been in business. We will try to find as much local as we can, but if that fails us, we have options that are across the water that, that also supply us in a timely fashion. How do you weed out those suppliers and vendors that are just looking to make a buck and get a check? Do you have a, a type of due diligence process? Do you do it based off of feeling? How does that work? Yeah, I, I think um, we, we do a combination of things. Uh, reviews play a big part. Referrals play a big part. Um, typically, if someone really wants our business, they will offer a sample. Uh, but, you know, ingredients change from year to year if they're truly organic, because you can't dictate how a crop will perform from one year to the next. So um, for that reason, you always need to have more than one supplier on hand, um, you know, to fulfill an order. But, you know, we go by word of mouth, but uh, mainly we always try to get samples first and run test batches before we, you know, commit to an ongoing relationship. When I was doing my research for this interview, I saw that your products are um, sold in Whole Foods, the grocery store. And I just want to know what is the process like to get your products into the hands or, or into the, the, the stores rather for someone like a Whole Foods? Do you talk to a purchaser? Was it based off of word of mouth? Um, and with that, from other people that I've interviewed, when it comes to getting your stuff in grocery stores, do you have to pay shelving fees? Because I know those aren't cheap. Yeah, well, absolutely. We we don't pay any shelving fees. I can tell you that. Um, but we, oh, nice. we, we entered into Whole Foods at a time where um, their mission was about natural products, solely about natural products. 
Um, I, I would not say, unfortunately, that um, they have maintained that, um, you know, when they were acquired by um, Amazon. I, I, I definitely would say that the culture changed significantly. Uh, but when we entered the store in 2013, um, you were able to talk to a buyer. You were able to leave that individual with a sample so that they could try it out and make a decision if it was uh, the right product for their store. And so in doing that, we were selected as, as a local vendor that um, had a body care product that they wanted to represent on their shelves. And once we entered one store, it kind of was just like a trickle trickle down effect from there. We, we just got calls from all the other stores. Uh, many times, once they see you in one location, particularly doing well, um, other stores will call because they want their store to do just as good um, as any other region. And so that's how we were able to grow and expand um, within Whole Foods. And, um, you know, at the same token, other retailers would also go to the shelves and say, hey, I see you in Whole Foods or hey, I see you in Moms or so forth. Um, do you offer wholesale? Can you know, can we buy your products as well? And so it really is kind of like word of mouth that we were able to expand that way. Um, and that's how it happened for us. Very natural, very organic. Word of mouth is the absolute best way uh, to market and grow a business. I, 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 I recommend it hands down. I have seen it work over the years. Um, it's why social media is probably one of the best resources for branding, for growing your business, uh, because word of mouth really goes a long way. People want the same success that, that they see other people have, and you get that by word of mouth. So it, it, it is one of the best marketing tools uh, for business. Something I noticed on your website that I haven't seen a lot of other small businesses do, and I've interviewed a good bit of them, is your anchor program. And I think it's really clever. So can you just talk about what that is and how you came up with that idea? Our anchor program is our affiliate program. And basically, it, it came from listening to our customers. Um, a lot of our customers would come to us and say, hey, how can we help you? How can we help you grow? We love your product. We, we support you. We love who you are. How can we help you? And um, one way, one suggestion that we always gave them is, you know, just spread the word. And they would say to us, how do you do that? And I say, well, you could become a supporter. You could become an affiliate. And um, they agreed. They signed up. And it right now we are at, I think, 750 affiliates in, in our group. And that is um, astonishing for us uh, because it's voices when 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 we can't be there. It's it's recommendations, it's referrals, it's suggestions, it's success stories. It's, you know, I use this for my daughter, for my mom, for my husband. It's all of that um, in the absence of our voice. And um, it has been um, so rewarding to have the ability to rely on our actual uh, customers, our supporters, to really spread the word about our product and our business. I see. And that's just another way that you're using that 
word of mouth to spread the gospel of uh, Fran's organic body care. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, nobody could could say it better than the people who are actually using it and purchasing it um, on a daily basis. So, uh, yes, it, it, it works very well for us. Nowadays, for any business, big or small, social media plays such an integral part in a business's success. Uh, obviously, in the organic and uh, natural product space, that uh, it goes without saying. But sometimes I feel like I just can't trust the things that people say on Instagram. Like, I don't know if CMOS actually works or if it's a real thing, but I keep on seeing stuff for it. So as an entrepreneur in this space, how do you feel about social media and, and people actually being trustworthy on it? Well, you, you, you couldn't have said it better. Um, social media is open to, to all and to everybody. And unfortunately, everybody does not have integrity. And so it's kind of like a mixed bag. So you kind of never know what you're going to get. Um, that would probably be the negative impact of it. Uh, but again, the positive that would support what you need is those reviews, those testimonials that you can fall back on. So you really don't have to ever wonder um, if it's real or not, because you can look at a testimony from someone else. And uh, usually a site or a business that has uh, a good amount of reviews is one that is worth, has a worthy product. And so that's probably that, that disclosure um, within a business is probably the best part of social media is because it's open to everybody. So you see the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever they have um, has been commented on and it's going to serve the purpose to a newcomer or someone that's interested in their product. So that there, there is integrity there and there is um, there are people who, you know, not so much, but I would just rely on the reviews to really um, answer the, any questions that I have. They're, they'll typically be answered in the comments. The comments hold the key. Oh, that's a great, that's a great slogan. The comments hold the key, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. Okay, second to last question. What do you think makes Baltimore such a special and unique city? Oh my goodness. Definitely the culture, um, the community, and the cuisine. <laughs> Absolutely, mm. cuisine. Um, you know, Baltimore is uh, we're we're a city of uh, a hustle mentality. You know, you come here to to make things happen, and um, you know we're surrounded with so much history and and so much um, enterprise. Our neighborhoods are beautiful. Um, you know, we're 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 just a mixed bag of a, a of a lot of different. Uh, communities. People really work together to strive and to do well. You know, we're home to the Ravens. We have major, you know, enterprise here. We have Under Armour. Uh, we have Domino. Um, you know, we have institutions like Hopkins and University of Maryland. Um, you know, we have MICA. We have arts districts. So uh, our community is really vibrant. It's vibrant. And um you know, as well as our cuisine. You can't think of Baltimore without thinking of, uh, you know, seafood and crab cakes. I mean, it's it's what we're known for. When you put all of that together, 
you great you, you get a great destination place. You get a great destination place, you know, throughout the year. Okay, final question. Where can people go if they want to learn more about Fran's organic body care and maybe pick up some of your natural organic products? Oh, absolutely. So we have a couple locations. Uh, we do have a location in Towson Town Center on the second floor. Um, we're available mall hours. So that would be Monday through Sunday, pre pretty much 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, people can come and service us. That's in a uh, that's North North Baltimore. It's, it's, it's Towson, but it's really North Baltimore, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we also have a location in BWI Airport. We're in uh, Terminal A, so that's the Southwest Gate. Um, and again, it's post TSA, so you have to be traveling. But if you're traveling, you can hit us up um, and take some goods with you home or on a trip or however you're, you know, wherever you may be going. And then um, our, our main warehouse is actually in Pikesville, Maryland. And you are able to walk in and, and place an order and get it the same day. That's available as well as we have a vibrant e-commerce site and that website is www.frans and that's f as in flowers r a n as in nancy s as in samuel bodycare.com and that's available 24 7. so anytime even one o'clock in the morning you can place an order and um get body care to your door in a matter of days Fran Gong, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Local Color. The podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jason V. The podcast is distributed by Your Public Studios. New episodes of Local Color will be released the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Learn more about Local Color at WYPR dot org.